The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. As Jesus was leaving Jericho with his disciples and a sizable crowd, Bartimaeus, a blind man, the son of Timaeus, sat by the roadside begging. On hearing that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have pity on me. And many rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he kept calling out all the more, Son of David, have pity on me. Jesus stopped and said, Call him. So they called the blind man, saying to him, Take courage, get up. Jesus is calling you. He threw aside his cloak, sprang up, and came to Jesus. Jesus said to him in reply, What do you want me to do for you? The blind man replied to him, Master, I want to see. Jesus told him, Go your way, your faith has saved you. Immediately he received his sight and followed him on the way. The Gospel of the Lord. I'm a fan of Scott Hahn. I don't know how many of you like Scott Hahn, biblical scholar. And he likes to go to the Old Testament, so I need to switch books back to have the Old Testament reading in it. And Scott Hahn likes to look at the figures from the Old Testament as a, as a window, right? His, he calls it the typology, right? And how Christ, our Lord, fulfills these figures. And, and by doing that, you get a deeper understanding into who Jesus is. And so you, know, you could take Adam, right, the first man, and Jesus is the, the new Adam. And so God in Christ is making a new all of creation. Or the Moses, and, the, and Jesus, the new Moses, giving a law of the Spirit, not just on commandments, right, written on stone, but on the heart, right, the Holy Spirit in our heart empowering us. And it struck me, right, because here in, in our second reading from the letter of Hebrews, the author pauses on this Old Testament figure of, of the high priest. And he wants to use that to help us know who Jesus is. And if I were to ask you, what do you think of when you hear high priest? I'm not sure what you would say. Maybe if I were to say myself, I don't know, high priest, right? I mean, the priest is already kind of that person that comes in at the end of the trail, right? And mass is kind of like separated a little bit from us. And he goes himself out in front to the altar and offers on our behalf, the sacrifice. And that's a priest. And the high priest is like, you know, the priest on steroids, right? He's like, the one that's really up there, far apart, our behalf, right? He's holy, right? Uh, And it's true, right? And actually, the letter of Hebrews reminds us that it's definitely part of the high priest, right? Every high priest is taken from among men and made the representative to offer gifts and sacrifices. And Jesus certainly right, fulfills this 
in the eminent degree, right? The one who really makes a sacrifice that's worthwhile on our behalf is Jesus. Every time we come here, we believe that we get to participate in Jesus who offers himself to the Father. Um, that is great, right? But the exciting thing, even more exciting maybe, is the other element of the high priest. The high priest is able to deal patiently with the ignorant and the erring, for he himself is beset by weakness. Right, so in the Old Testament, right, the high priest, think of Aaron, Moses' brother, right? he's called, and, and no one doubts that Aaron no, has his faults. We read them in Scripture. And this is the idea the high priest, taken from among men, is, is a man like them, limited. He's got his own errors, sins, right? And because of that, there's a connection. Right? He's able to deal with patience, with those who are ignorant and erring. And if you apply that to Christ, what do we want to say? Right? Jesus fulfills this in a much greater way than Aaron. Not because Jesus is marked by sin, right? But he came so close to us and is able, more than anyone, to deal patiently with those who are ignorant and erring. And yes, you are ignorant and erring. Sorry, I have to say that, but it's true. Right? All of us are ignorant and erring. Right? Hopefully we recognize that. And we're all sinners in different degrees, and hence we're erring, right? And who of us is claiming that we're not, that we're not ignorant, right? I mean, who of us really understands all that God's doing? So look at the world today, and if you can tell me God's plan and how it's working, well, I'd love to hear it, right? It's hard at times to understand truly, right, all that God's going to do and, and, and his plan, which we know is beautiful, it's just hard to see. And in saying that Christ is this high priest, we're, we're affirming our faith. Right? That he really knows how to deal with us who are ignorant and erring and at times can't see, but he's patient and he knows how. He knows how to accompany us and walk with us. This is amazing. Our Lord truly understands. You know, every now and then we say, no one understands me. <laughs> And sometimes we really, I mean, like, sometimes we say jokingly, but if we were to pause and reflect, we might really, really believe that. Like, no, really, no one gets me. But hopefully if we say that, we're not excluding, you know, hopefully we don't think that Jesus is in the same category. He's not, right? He understands. He truly, truly understands. And that's why I thought it was so beautiful that the gospel today is next to this reading, right? Because in Bartimaeus, we kind of have, it, like, the expression of someone who understands that Jesus is close and able to understand, like the high priest figure. And Bartimaeus cries out, right? Son of David, have pity on me. And that's a great testimony of faith, right? You can see he really believes. This, this blind man, right? Cries out to our Lord. And when Jesus says, come, call him, right? He approaches our Lord not saying, I will believe that you are the son of David when you cure my blindness, right? Sometimes we do that, right? Lord, if you help me pass my exam, 
I will know that you are the God who loves me. Right? Well, he doesn't do that. As a matter of fact, in the scripture, when he is right before our Lord, he no longer says son of David, right? which is this exalted title, but he looks at him and says, Rabbi. Here in the English it says master, but the Greek actually has just the transliteration from Hebrew, Rabboni, Rabbi. And that's the word that for sure the apostles used with Jesus. Right? The ones who are closest to our Lord, Rabbi. Right? If you watch the Chosen series, I don't know if you're into that, I like it. Right? Kind of helps to right? imagine how close that relationship was. They walked with Jesus, Rabbi. And by saying Rabbi, they're saying, I'm a disciple, you're the teacher, I'm open to what you want. I know I'm ignorant. I know I don't understand. I know that my vision is probably not 100% in line with yours. And so I'm open. I'm open to whatever you say. And in the dialogue, it's, it's so beautiful. Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you? Can there be a greater expression of the heart of someone who's close and able to understand? I mean, he sees he's blind. He knows his needs. But he really wants to give a op- totally open-ended question. What, what would you like me to do for you? And Bartimaeus, with this attitude of the disciple, Rabbi, he doesn't say, take away my blindness. He just says his desire, I, w- I want to see. If we could be like Bartimaeus, with that conviction that God really does care about us, and be able to present to him our desires, not to force him to do what we want, because we know we're ignorant, and maybe we don't see everything, but with the conviction that he knows how to respond in the loving way, the Christ-like way, the divine way. The only other thing I see in this gospel, which I think is really important for us, and it's brief, I hope you don't mind if I keep going, it's been eight minutes and 48 seconds. Is because in the gospel we hear something else that happens to us, I think, very often. And that's when we proclaim our faith in Jesus, there's a voice that says the opposite. And Bartimaeus cries out, Son of David, Jesus, have pity on me. And the crowds rebuke him. Jesus doesn't have time for you, you're distracting him. He's with his disciples. They're the ones that he cares about. I'm sure when he has time, right, he cares about you, right? But have we ever heard a voice like that telling us, sure, God exists, he's great, he's good, he's loving, but he doesn't really have time for you. I mean, if you were like the person next to you, if you're like her, I mean, she's really holy, and our Lord loves her. Or like him, right? You know? The cute little altar server. <laughs> or that family. That family, I tell you, our Lord loves that family, right? But my family, right? Who of us hasn't heard a voice really challenging us about whether that God really cares about us? I mean, all of us, I'm sure, have, because that's the, that is the work of the devil. The only thing he wants to put in our hearts is God does not love you. It started with Adam and Eve, and it continues to happen in all of our lives. Any opportunity to sow the seed that God is not close, 
God does not care. That God is not here. Right? Us. Right? I mean, sure, it's easy to believe, right? He hears others. <laughs> but does he really deal with me like that? And so I see in these readings our Lord telling us, starting with this image of the high priest, he understands. For sure he understands. He cares. For sure he cares. And the response of faith that will really move the heart of our Lord is when we're able also, like Bartimaeus, to say, Lord, I really want this or that. I really ask your help. Help my spouse. Help my child. Help my neighbor. Help me with this or that. But I trust enough to the Lord to know I'm ignorant. I might not truly see everything that you have in store. And, and I'm open to whatever you want. But there's something I'm not going to doubt. It's that you care and are close to me. Let's help each other right, to have that conviction and spread the truth, the beauty of our faith, right? that we follow a God who is close with great confidence in the love our Heavenly Father has for each one of us. We bring to him our petitions. That the World Mission Day may renew within all Christian communities the joy of the gospel and the responsibility to announce it. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. That civil leaders will use their authority to protect and provide for the poor, the marginalized, and the oppressed. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. That our parish will remain committed to the gospel and exhibit the charity and compassion of Jesus Christ, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our For an increase of vocations to the priesthood and to the consecrated life, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our For the sick, the poor, the elderly, the grieving, the lonely, the hungry, the homeless, the addicted, and the unemployed, that the Lord will help them in his mercy. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Today's Mass is being offered for the people of the parish. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For those who are sick or infirmed, and for their caregivers, that God in his mercy will draw close to them and raise them up. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear For the repose of the souls of all the faithful departed, that through our prayers and those of the Blessed Mother, they may join the saints in heaven. Eternal rest grant unto them. And let let perpetual light shine shine upon them. May their souls and the souls of all the faithful departed, through the the mercy mercy of God, God, rest rest in in peace. peace. Amen. Loving Father, you have done great things for us. We are filled with joy. Keep us united with you in all things. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen.